Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Mate, that end of year review episode, we went hard. We're still a bit rusty. <laughs> mate, as soon as the episode stopped, I think the 20 standard drinks caught up with us. Yeah. And, uh, mate, it's mate lucky it didn't go any that. longer. I went for, it was a pretty long end. <laughs> but anyway, as we said in that, we're doing today, which is my favorite and most impactful book that's been on my life, Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. Mate, I can definitely, I definitely agree that if, if you're a smoker and you read this and you quit smoking, that's the biggest ROI you could probably ever get. Yes. Financially, but in terms of everything else that he goes through in the book as well. That's it. So, you know, this is, we understand this is probably not a book for everyone. Not everyone smokes anymore, but I think if you listen, you'll be able to send this probably to someone who, you know, is a smoker mm. and hopefully we can sell them on the idea of, of uh, getting this book or getting something out of it. Yeah, mate, for me, never been a smoker. I uh, don't think anyone really in the family, close family, is a smoker either. Mm. Um, but still, I enjoyed reading it, uh, definitely. And I enjoyed seeing how he does it because it's different to every other How yep. to Quit Smoking book. Well, he starts the, the book with a lot of case studies and all that of celebrities have, have all quit. But I'll probably just use a few of my own personal examples. Yeah. So I gave this book the, the day I, I was studying in Turkey. I finished this book in about two weeks. And I could not believe how easy it was to quit after yeah. finishing this book. Um, I went out and I got had a huge night on the booze. Yeah. And I didn't remember the night before, but all I remember is, you know, I didn't smoke, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. People around me were asking questions like, what the fuck's up? You know, what is this? Two other people in Turkey saw that and they read the book after me. They had the exact same thing. Yeah. Came home, gave it to my mum and her boyfriend. So mum smoked for about 40 years and yeah. her boyfriend about the same. Yeah. And they both quit. Yeah. Easy as hell. Phenomenal. And... Since then, you know, there's people at the cafe and all that and just, yeah. just randoms in the street I've just given this book to. When I was doing Uber once as well, I just gave the book to... I just fucking just give it to everyone. Yeah. It's, Man, it's amazing. Man, I'm going to steal your story. I think you... I remember you telling me you were on like a, a full day bus ride or something mm. and one stop you borrowed a ciggy from a bloke <laughs> on the break and then... On the next stretch, you finished the book and he said, oh, do you want another Siggy at the next break? And he said, no, I've quit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was phenomenal. three hours later, man. Um, That's phenomenal. But yeah, definitely the, the best thing I've ever done because this yeah. is one of the first books I read and since then, I realized that a book can really change your life just yeah. for like 25 bucks yes. and six hours. And this has probably added years to my life and yeah. tens of thousands. hundred grand. Worth probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, life, yeah. man. I was up to 40 a day or something. Yeah. But what he promises at the start, he you can quit easily, immediately, and mm. permanently without using willpower, aids, substitutes, or gimmicks, without suffering depression or withdrawal symptoms, and without gaining weight. That's phenomenal. Mate, it's a big call, but um, essentially he says that his way is, uh, obviously, which is what we lay on the book, versus all the other ways is just highlighting all the negatives. Mm. And the negatives is, you know, the health the money, just the uh, impact on other people, all that sort of stuff. But really, everyone already knows that. Your rational mind understands that. And smokers aren't smoking because of those reasons that they're highlighting. So mm. he's just all about eliminating these illusions, these positives, yep. so-called, that people say mm. um, why they smoke in the in the first place. So that's the biggest difference. Like the traditional way, it's they will say they're giving up smoking. Yes. And this implies some kind of sense of sacrifice. Yeah. By the end of the book, he... he Everything this smoker thinks he's going to sacrifice, Alan knocks out of the park. Yeah, and by the end, you really realize you're not giving up anything. And then it's just an easy transition to become a non-smoker. Yeah. It's even just a change in terminology. Rather than giving it up, he calls it just escaping. 
mm. or being free from the slavery of having to smoke all the time. Yeah. He says, did you ever make the positive decision that you wouldn't be able to enjoy a meal, a uh, social occasion without a cigarette? You wouldn't be able to handle stress or concentrate? If there was a magic button that smokers could press to wake up the following morning as if they had never lit their first cigarette, only the smokers that are in the experimental phase would actually you know, carry on smoking. Yeah, because that's what he says. That He reckons that every single smoker wishes they never had that first ciggy. Yeah. Do you reckon that's true? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly true. And yeah, we'll get into that in the book. Yeah. So he starts the book by saying the worst na- nicotine addict he ever met yep. was himself. Yeah. <laughs> so Alan, Alan was chowing down... Never less than 60 yeah. and up to 100 ciggies a day. So he was right in there. Mate, I really like how he, he says, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a professor. I'm much more qualified than that. I was a smoker for 33 years. And I think it's sort of the way he does the book. He's, he's sort of like he's on the smoker's side. It's not a doctor telling you why you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. It's a guy saying, I was in there for 30 years smoking 100 a day. Um, and I, was, you know, I tried to quit a whole bunch of times. One time he quit for six months, but he always kept going back to it. So it's sort of like... He's going on the smoker's level and explaining from their perspective. Yeah, exactly. Very powerful, I reckon. Exactly. Whatever's going through the smoker's mind throughout the book, he um he kind of is on that level yes. through the journey of... Yeah, which is a ma- I've been reading a book. I don't know if we'll do it for the potty, maybe down the track, called Win Bigly by Scott Adams. It was about how Trump persuaded people. And mm. one of the things, he keeps talking about pacing and leading, that pacing first you have to match... Um, the person's thoughts. So this is pretty much exactly what Alan Carr is doing. He's pacing them by saying exactly what they're thinking. And then the second half of the book, he's leading by saying, this is what you should be doing instead. Oh, mate, that's so, phenomenal. Mate. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so uh, he talks about the sinister trap. And our first cigarette tastes awful. So when you're a bit younger, a lot of people in their teens, mm. um, it absolutely tastes disgusting. So you dare not inhale. And if you have too many, you start to feel dizzy and sick. Yeah. This is actually our body telling, it, telling you, you know, you're feeding me poison. Stop yeah. doing it. Yeah. I mean, you're just saying that like everything in pretty much our bodies have evolved to realize anything that's bad and try and stop us from doing it. Like something off the top of the head I just thought is if you're in the sun too long, your body gets burnt so that you stop mm. going in the sun because that's bad for you. Um, and same as smoking that it's one, it's trying to like cough and it's tastes disgusting. It's trying to get you to stop doing it. Yep. For the boys though, they're trying to look tough. That's yeah. what they think. It's like the kind of the, the macho man in the, the, yeah. the movie and then the... The female is trying to look like the sophisticated modern young lady, yeah. but she looks pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and both of those, he reckons that it's pretty much the only drug that prevents you from achieving your aim. Like, it's, there's nothing sophisticated about having a puff of C and then coughing and spluttering. Yeah. And there's nothing tough about having to rely on this crutch of never being fully confident or courageous. You have to have a ciggy to build up that confidence. Yeah. So as we get slowly get hooked, we start then thinking... Uh, you know, we're going to quit one day when we're less stressful. But as we leave home, the protection of our parents, the natural process is actually going to be for more stress, like yep. home, mortgages, babies, more responsible jobs and so forth. So life will tend to be more stressful yeah. and it's going to be hard to find the time to, to choose the time. Man, it's like anything if you want to change. If, you, if you're saying, you know, the, the smokers say, yeah, I'll quit one day and just not yet, I'll do it tomorrow. But that's, it never comes. Mm. As you said, there's never going to be a better time to quit. So why we carry on smoking, there's two things. It's nicotine addiction and brainwashing. Mate, so he talks about nicotine addiction. He says it's the fastest um, addictive chemical known to mankind. One ciggy and you're hooked, essentially. Mm, that's it. So there's no physical pain from the withdrawal symptoms. It's merely like an empty, restless mm. feeling, kind of like hunger that someone's missing, but the hunger is for poison and not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nourishing food. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And he says that, like, the bad thing is that, like, with food, you get hungry because you're using energy and then you eat food to 
satisfy that hunger and then you're not hungry anymore and it probably tastes good yeah whereas with smoking the only reason you're having that hunger is because of the cigarette mm. and it's having the cigarette relieves the hunger but the cigarette caused the hunger in the first place that's it so the whole business of smoking and he keeps referring to this analogy throughout the book is it's like wearing tight shoes just mm. to obtain the pleasure you feel when you take them off yeah yeah exactly so yeah and he, yeah and he also says like uh, on, on a similar thing, it's like banging your head against a brick wall so that it feels good when you stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you light up, you get an almost immediate boost or buzz and do actually feel less nervous or more relaxed, but the cigarette is getting the credit, you know? Yes. It's exactly what the non-smoker has been the whole time. Yes. You're getting from, from the cigarette. Exactly. And it's like, he says that, you know, it, within seven seconds, your, your pang, your withdrawal pang has been relieved, but it's just sort of like... You would have never had it in the first place. If you're a non-smoker, you never needed the cigarette in the first place. Mm. So, yeah. So, society refers to the smoking habit. And in this book, for convenience, he refers to it as habit. But it's no more or no less than drug addiction. Yeah. That's what it is. Nicotine is. And another way of um, just changing the changing the words to change the perspective. You know, habit is okay. There's good habits. Yeah, there's bad habits. But drug addiction is all bad. Yes. Same as like quitting or giving up versus escaping. That's it. And the other, the other thing, so nicotine is one reason we keep going. Another one is the brainwashing and the sleeping partner, which in my opinion is much bigger. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I think he says it like from early on, our subconscious mind is absorbing all the positive messages around us. And that he says that in every country where tobacco advertising is, is allowed, tobacco mm. companies advertise heavily because they know it works. Yeah, totally. And this is and this is by and the biggest aspect and the worst part of smoking isn't the injury to health or your money, and in my opinion, it's definitely the warping of the mind. Mm. I remember being at a funeral once when I was a, deep into my ciggy addiction. A friend's uh, dad passed away, yeah. and as I was carrying the funeral, the funeral was gone for about an hour or something. Yeah. In my brain, my mind was warped to start thinking, when are they going to fucking mm. hurry up and yes. just take the body out faster yeah. so I can go out there and have my have, ciggy? Have Mate, it happens in everywhere, in, including dinner. Yep. Out for dinner, if, if I feel my out for friends and if I was a smoker, I'd be like, when's everyone going to shut up? I want to yeah. go out and have my ciggy. <laughs> yeah. Your whole brain's warped and you're in this slavery mode for the rest of your life and that's if you don't he, get he out. He talks about that nicotine addiction. Is sort of like, it's got like a 30-minute half-life and then after your ciggy, 30 minutes later, half of it's gone and that's when you need your next hit. Mm. So it's essentially you're living your life in these 30-minute blocks where everything you do, you need to find some reason to get out of what you're doing for 30, every 30 minutes. Yep. So again, he says, there is nothing to give up. On the contrary, you're freeing yourself from a terrible disease and achieving marvelous positive gains in health, energy, wealth, peace of mind, confidence, courage, self-respect, happiness, and freedom. Yeah, mate, there's plenty of positives yeah. um, of, of stopping. Yeah. So the next one, he starts to knock out of the park some of the reasons why we think we smoke as yep. smokers. So chapter nine is stress. So most smokers tend to relieve their withdrawal pangs at times of stress, boredom, concentration, or relaxation. Yeah, relaxation. He sort of says that, you know, we're, um, as we go through life, the cigarette is taking away your nerves and your courage because every time that a non-smoker would go and just have to deal with it, the smoker just thinks, oh, I'll have a ciggy. The ciggy will save me from my stress. Yes. So, yeah, what's actually happening without being conscious, he's already been suffering that little bit more stress and aggravation because of the addiction. Mm-hmm. And then by relieving this aggra- aggravation, the cigarette again gets the credit Yep. Or just you know getting into the point where the where the non-smoker has been the whole time. Mate, the other one is like boredom. If people say it's something to do, something to do with my hands, uh, you know, he says that 
if you're probably smoking as you read this, you've probably forgotten about it already, that it's just like, it's not something to relieve boredom. Maybe for two or three seconds as you get it out of the pack and then light it up, it's something to do. But mm. that's just ridiculous. And he says, you know, instead of doing something um, positive, whether that's doing some kind of work or doing some kind of vigorous exercise, you just sit around and have your yeah. instead. You just get more bored. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there's when you're addicted, there's something always missing. So even yeah. if you are, you know, just sitting around doing nothing, there's always something in your brain, you know, something that's not quite right, not quite perfect. And again, that's the, the addiction that is missing. So you do, you smoke when you're bored because there's just that, just that little monster he keeps referring to, just, you know, saying you need, this isn't enough. Yeah. Mate, another one he talks about is concentration. Uh, I don't know if he's if he, is he saying that because of the the drug enhances your concentration. Is that like one one fake fake yes, reason? But yes. He, but he's saying that really it's really just eroding your concentration because everything you're doing, you're always in the back of your mind thinking when's that next ciggy. Yep. And exactly. Anytime you're trying to get deep stuck into work in that half an hour, you're going to lose concentration eventually. Yep. yep. Exactly. It's just another illusion. Cigarettes actually ruin your concentration mm. even while smoking the cigarette you're yeah. not quite exactly yeah. where the non-smoker is so this yeah. is another huge benefit that a lot of smokers don't realize that you know is on the other end of when you quit yeah no phenomenal um have you got any other fake fake positives no that's that's probably it for the fake positives so one of the and then the next chapters i know they're kind of positives but negative. they're just like kind of just points but the next book point he's got is relaxation yeah yeah and he says it like People say that it, it's relaxing to smoke a cigarette, but he says like if you look at it chemically, it in, increases your blood pressure, increases your heart rate, which is not relaxing. And then mm. while you're doing it, essentially your body, you think you're breathing deeply and relaxing, but your body is getting filled with smoke and it's essentially suffocating. Exactly. Which is not relaxing at and the, all. And the poor smoker and similar to concentration, you cannot relax because yeah. you always have another hunger yeah. to satisfy. Yeah, exactly. So most people at the end of the day, when you have a meal and a drink, you know, you're, you're completely satisfied at the end. Smoker can never be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a it's a shocking cycle to be in. He says, chapter four, and what am I giving up? So the fear of being deprived of the pleasure, the fear that certain situations will not be the same, and you got the fear that you will be unable to cope with stressful situations. Mm. But you got to realize that cigarettes do not fill a void; they actually create it. Yeah, no, hundred percent, mate. Essentially, there's. Anything that you're giving up is, you're not giving it up. Yeah. You're really just, in fact... It's all the fear. Yeah. That's the yeah, only exactly. That's the only thing, the, the, the real sacrifice is you're scared that nothing will be the same, but you don't yeah. realize it's actually going to be much better when you get to the other side. Yeah. And sure. most people on this just quit for health, money, or the social stigma reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is not by nowhere near the best part of it, yeah. which is the psychological gains. Mm. which he says is one, return of confidence and courage. Yep. Two, freedom from slavery, which is, yep. you cannot put a, a price on that, man, being mm. away from that cycle. And number three, not going through life with awful black shadows in the mind, knowing you are being despised by half the population mm. and being despised by yourself. Yeah, man, that's... Mate, so they're the huge wins there, man. man. And on that, the next chapter, he talks about self-imposed slavery and he says that man fought hard to abolish slavery and yet the smoker spends his life suffering a self-imposed slavery yeah because once you get into it you're essentially a slave to the cigarette you got to keep going back there keep feeding it yeah exactly and say through to social function there'll be guys who who are smokers and they finally find their you know their other team members who smoke yep. they go outside they light up together and goes oh yeah you know aren't we lucky we got our little reward like they're champions yep. i used to do that <laughs> yep. but the they don't realize the poor smoker never never needed the reward yeah. in the first yeah. place <laughs> yeah, exactly 
And as you say, you probably you, you think that it's in, enhancing the experience of whether you're at the dinner and a few of you go out, or if you're at a wedding and a few of you go out and enjoy that reward together. But really, you're missing the real show, which is the reason you were there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. That's just pure pure slavery. Yeah, and mind warping. Yeah. Chapter sixteen, he says one of the reasons people quit is I will save X dollars a week. Yeah. But a lot of smokers will say, uh, you know, it's only hundred bucks a week or yeah. two hundred bucks a week, and they just they look at it as a, a weekly figure, but they yes. never look at it as a lifetime investment. Yeah. And over a lifetime, you you, you are looking at. Hundred to two hundred thousand yeah, dollars. It's crazy, isn't it? Yep. Even if you, even if you're like you don't smoke that much, it's still at least fifty, sixty, seventy thousand at the on the absolute lower end of the of the spectrum. Yep. Which is, mate, there's a lot better things you can do with seventy thousand than burn it up and. Destroy mate, there's a lot of good things you can do, but with yeah. this money, you're not only ruining your lot, uh, your health, destroying your nerves, yep. your confidence. Yep. Just to suffer a lifetime of sla- slavery, bad breath, and stained teeth—that's all you're spending the money <laughs> it's not on. A good spend. It's not a good spend, is it? Better go to t- better go on a TR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so nice. during the withdrawal period, you might be t- tempted to have one cigarette, but you got to mm. see it as a two hundred thousand dollars cigarette. Yes. Because exactly. once you jump back on, you're on the chain, and you and you're yeah. off. Yeah, that's a good way to do it because you think, oh, one cigarette or one pack of cigarettes is twenty, thirty bucks. It's not that bad. But as you say, once you're back in, the whole lifetime. Uh, expenses mm. back and mate so everyone like, who starts smoking again is just purely from one or oh, just one cigarette yeah and that's how you start as well you'd say oh just one just yeah. one and then all of a sudden you're off you're yeah. done absolutely cooked yeah <laughs> so he talks he's got a chapter on on health here yeah and it's interesting to see this is only one chapter out of the what the 35 or whatever is like, health i think it's 45 yeah yeah so because a lot of people you know already know everything about the health yeah but the smoker go through a lot of trouble so he says a lot of the smokers will say, you know, you can die of anything. But yeah. he says, of course you do. But is that the logical reason for deliberately shortening your life? Yeah, exactly. Like a, one justification for a smoker might be, oh, you know, I could just cross the street and get hit by a bus tomorrow anyway. Mm. Um, but it's like that could happen if you're a smoker or you're a non-smoker. And on the other end of it is you're essentially cutting 10 years off the other end. Yes. If you don't get hit by a bus. Yeah, Totally. And yeah, that's the other thing they say. Smokers' quality of life is more important than longevity. Mm. So they think that um, if they were to quit, their life isn't going to be as good. Yeah. But you know, he's he's saying you're not sh- suggesting the quality of life of an alcoholic or her- heroin addict is greater than that of someone who isn't. Mm. So exactly. do you really believe that the quality of a life of a smoker is going to be greater? Yeah, and you, so essentially, you're losing both. You're losing quantity and you're losing quality. Mm. Another one, man, is energy yeah so he says if you could immediately transfer your mind and body to give a direct comparison of yourself in three weeks you wouldn't you'd quit smoking in a heartbeat yeah and essentially there's like they say like it your body does repair itself pretty quickly after you stop and you do see a lot of positive effects after stopping so at this point in the book alan he says he needs to give a balanced account yeah. so he, he devotes a whole chapter into giving <laughs> the advantages of being a smoker Man, i reckon this is my favorite two pages page 92 page 93 chapter 21 the advantages of being a smoker just two blank pages <laughs> <laughs> he's good enormous. isn't he yeah <laughs> so the next chapter he talks about the willpower method of smoking and this is the way most people in the population do it this is how some of the quit helpline mm. and the and the company selling the you know the the um the tobacco patches yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they always talk about this willpower method of smoking, and and this traditional way is an accepted fact that it is difficult, 
uh, to quit smoking. But the truth is, it's really easy. And that's that's another part of the just the language around is that any book you read or anyone you go to, they, they say, oh, it's going to be hard to quit, mm. which is just essentially like you're doing from the start. Exactly. And the whole, saying it's easy, which yeah. it is. And the whole thing is, like we said at the start, the willpower method forces the smoker to think he's making some sort of sacrifice, yeah. which you're not. No. All those sacrifices are blown out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm. Um, and it's, mate, it's even funny that when he talks about the willpower method, that even if people do stop for six months, a year, three yes. years, five years, they never really, they, they still feel like they're missing it. They've never really given it up because they wanted to. They just had the willpower to not smoke anymore. Yep. But then whatever happens, you know, someone, something bad happens, you get fired or you, someone mm. dies or something. Then you think, oh man, this is such a stressful time. I wish I had my mm. ciggies. And that you start back on the slippery slope and within a couple of weeks, you're probably back to being a yep. smoker. Even though you quit for five years, you're yep. back on the horse. Man, that's, he says as well, it's the most pathetic part of it. Mm. It's the poor people who quit using the willpower method. Yep. Man, I reckon they're better off smoking. Yeah. Honestly, you reckon you're better off smoking than quitting thinking you're sacrificing something your whole yep. life. So the rest of your life, in your brain, you, you think you've given something up. Yeah, no, 100%. Read this fucking yeah. book. And that's why this, this book is... The willpower method is you, the whole time that you're not smoking, you wish you were, whereas this is just like you don't want to anymore. Yeah. Yep. And then at the very end, which we'll get into, it's such a, it's one of the best moments of your life because yep. you realize that you're free. Now, another issue, so that, that's the willpower method. He reckons another one that doesn't work is cutting down. Yes. So 40 a day, 30 a day, 20 a day, gradually cut down to zero, which mm. doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So he says you get the worst of all the worlds. Number one, you're still addicted to nicotine. Yeah. Two, you're wishing your life away for the next cigarette. Yeah. So, you know, as you're waiting for the next one, it's becoming more and more precious because you're, you're stopping yourself from doing it. Yeah. And number three, yes. the longer you wait, the more you think you actually enjoy cigarettes. Yes. Mate, that's so true, man. Because you're saying that firstly, if you're, cutting, if you're smoking half as much, then the financial impact is lessened. Mm. So, you don't have that... Every day or you know, every week, you don't see how much money you're spending on ciggies because you're spending less. Mm. But it's also increasing the the benefits of smoking because you're smoking half as much, so you think you need it twice as much. Yes, and and yeah. yes, you're wishing your life away yeah. for, for the next cigarette. That's yeah. your whole cycle. So and it's back to that shoe analogy. It's like putting in even tighter shoes for a longer yeah. period of time. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. so when you take it off, and it goes, oh. <laughs> just exactly. like, yeah, it feels good. And it also says just one cigarette. And again, it's it's one cigarette that got you started in the first place. Yeah. And it's just one cigarette that'll tie you over a difficult patch. Yeah. To get you going again. Exactly. And that's what he says that, you know, if you've, if you've quit for six months and you think, oh, this is a really tough time, I'll just have one, it'll be fine. But it's funny how he even, he even talks about, I think it's in this chapter, how he says that, you know, if you think, oh, it's a special occasion, it's my son's wedding, so I'm going to have a cigar or something. Mm. And then he says, it's amazing how, if you just have it on special occasions, how many more special occasions there are. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a bit like I'm predictably irrational, yeah. man. You <laughs> yeah, start exactly. rationalizing you start everything. Off, oh, my, my team won the footy on the weekend. I'm going to have a ciggy. Oh, oh. Mate, <laughs> it's 100% how it works. <laughs> yeah. The first time you smoke, at a party, and then you start rationalizing, oh, we'll do it in the morning. Yeah. got a few C's left over yeah. for my coffee. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're <laughs> yeah, doing, exactly. you, know, you start rationalizing more and more until you're up to you know 40 a day like I was, little yeah, fucker. Um, he also says the next, a social habit. So yep. This is a big reason why everyone, a lot of people think they smoke. Um, and this is one of the only reasons why you get started in the first place is because mm. of the social pressure from friends. Mate, I even used to think, man, when I was, um, I guess a similar sort of thing is when I was working at a pub um, and then everyone who was a smoker, every hour they got to have a five-minute yes. break. So I was like, fuck, if I only smoked, <laughs> I'd get 
three extra breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, that was like, yeah, in the hospitality, that yeah. is, yeah. it's just like getting paid to um, chair down seas. But yeah, as every day um, passes, more and more smokers are leaving this sinking ship. So those mm. left, are, those that are left are on it are yes. becoming terrified that that will be the last. Mate, you said earlier in the book, like 60% of the popular, adult population used to smoke. That's and crazy. That's the thing, when more than half the people are doing it, it's easier to stay on it. But as you say, when more and more people are leaving, that social habit, that element of it is getting mm. dwindled as well. So that's not yep. even a good reason either. That's it. So for timing, he says, when are you, when are you going to actually do it? Is this mm. the question that you ask the first time you realize you were hooked? Because mm. as soon as you realize you're hooked, you start playing in your head, you know, when am I going to actually yes. quit? And will it be tomorrow? Will it be next year? Will it be a year after? Yeah. Mate, he even says at the start of the book that you don't have to quit now. And he says that if he said as the very first sentence, don't ever smoke a cigarette again, people probably wouldn't read the book. Mm. He says, keep smoking until you finish the book. And he says that even one of his friends used to read one sentence a day so yep. they could prolong it. <laughs> yeah. But essentially, just you need to pick a time and, and stick to it. Yeah, that's it. And I, when I was reading this, I'll probably triple my rate of smoking. So yep. you start to get a little bit scared. Yeah. And toward the end of the book, you might slow down a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> the next part is the easy way to stop, which is chapter 32. Yep. So there's two important things you need to do. One, you need to make the decision that you are never going to smoke again. Yep. And two, and this is the biggest difference between the two ways, is you don't mope about it, you rejoice about it. Yeah, exactly. And you, we've, we've gone through and killed all the false positives. You already know all the negatives. So making the decision to stop is a phenomenal decision and yep. there's only good things. It's not, you're not going to miss it. Uh, you're not going to think that everything is better with cigarettes. Yep. Just realize that it's not. It's amazing. You're, you're he says, stop. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm never going to smart, smoke again. Isn't it marvelous? Yeah. In his like, pommy kind of terms. Yeah. And in chapter 33, he talks about the actual withdrawal period. Mm-hmm. So once you actually choose to, you have your final cigarette, you for up to three weeks you will have pangs, and you need to starve this monster. It's like yeah. this little creature inside your gut that you need to starve and let him die. Yeah, and that's it. I, even if you think oh, I'll just have one puff just to calm it down, or yeah, that's not a good way to do it. You just mm. got to stop. And he says, look at it as if it's a, an exciting game. Like you're going to have this, you know, slightly hungry feeling for three weeks, and once that's over. The actual nicotine, 99% of it's left your body. The next chapter is, should I uh, avoid temptations? And again, this is a huge difference between the willpower method and the easy way. So on the willpower method, if, if you've got a party that weekend or something, a lot mm. of people will try and avoid all social situations. Would mm-hmm. expose them to cigarettes. Yeah. They'll stop hanging around with some people. Yeah. What Alan says is, if there's a social occasion or a party, go out there and celebrate. Just yeah. go out and get, I don't know, I, this is the way I took it. I went Went out and got smashed yeah. <laughs> the the day I quit out yeah. of excitement and celebration. Yeah, and you know that was the mindset as opposed to avoiding all these occasions. Mate, it sounds like you got to read Alan Carr's next book, The Easy Way to Control Your Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as you as you say, man, if you if you tie smoking, you know, you're going to be at a party. You know, fifty percent of your mates are going to be smoking at some point, and if you're going to go, that if you're going to think, you know, if I don't go to this party, I won't smoke. Then you're losing out because you're not going to yes. the social occasions you used to enjoy. Yeah. So you need to keep going to those things and enjoy not smoking. And the social qu- occasions are actually going to be even better. Yeah. As a yep. non-smoker as well. Yeah, exactly. And the next he talks about this moment of revelation, and this is totally true. So he says usually it comes about three weeks after the smoker has actually stopped. Yeah. For him, it was about three weeks. For me, it was. I don't know a few weeks, but yeah. there is a moment where you realize, like, fuck, I'm I'm no longer a slave. I'm yeah. out of it. I've actually quit smoking. I'm never going to have to smoke again in my life. No, and he compares this to the birth of his kids or in, and his marriage, which I yeah. completely understand. 
Because when you feel, fully realise that you're free, there is probably not a better moment I've had in my whole entire life. Yep. Man, it's phenomenal stuff for sure, man. Yeah. And, it, you know, most people, it's going to be the most marvellous event in your life. And this is the most exciting thing. If someone is a smoker listening to this, and there will be, this is going to be one of the best days of your life coming up. Yeah. And the best periods is is the actual quitting smoking process. Yes, exactly, man. And he, he talks about, I think, to wrap it up, the um, the final cigarette. He says, you know, make, so you know what your last one is, have it, smoke it like mindfully, be conscious of what you're doing and realize yep. that it's not fucking good, man. Yeah, <laughs> just, just have a look at it. Disgusting. Just look at it. Just hear that, that you know, the sound of it just inhaling yeah. and just look at all the toxins as you blow it out yeah. and just like, yeah, become very mindful of it. And, you know, the two things you need to have when you, when you have your final cigarette, do you feel certain of success? Yep. And number two, have you got a feeling of doom and gloom or are you excited? Yes. They're yeah. the only two criteria. You know, have a look at that ciggy and just just realize and say goodbye to it. Yeah. And you say, mate, when you extinguish it, just think, yippee, I'm a non-smoker now and you don't have to, don't have to do that to yourself ever again. Mate, and your life's going to be unbelievably better after that. Yeah. Yeah. The ripple effect of quitting smoking for me has been absolutely huge, man. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Not just the money, but the health. Yeah, and you know everything from there. It's everything been amazing, else. mate. I reckon it's a um, phenomenal book. Uh, not that I, I took anything from it. I, I was probably more reading it through the lens of how is he doing it? Yes. Um, how is he getting people to do this? Because, mate, I, I feel like it's made me more. I used to be probably just nonchalant, just didn't care about smoking. Now, like, so, um, mum was in the hospital last night, and I went and visited her, and I saw outside everyone who's in hospital for smoking-related illnesses, going outside for smoke. Yes. And I just used to think, what the fuck are these guys Yeah, yeah. Before, I wouldn't have even thought anything. Now, after reading this, I'm like, why don't you just read this book and stop? Yes. Oh, my God. Everyone. (laughs) So, yeah. Fucking favorite book of all time, man. It's good. Powerful stuff. It's good. And his other book, Easy Way to to Control Your Alcohol, which ironically, I did read. And (laughs) I quit alcohol for two one-year stints as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, nice. that obviously had a big impact on yeah. me as well. So, Alan Carr, you're the man. What a fucking man. Love you. Should we get him on? Oh, hang on, he's dead. He's <laughs> he ironically died of lung yeah. cancer. <laughs> oh, did he actually? Well, he was chowing down 100 yeah, C's so. a day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll sing the song anyway. Oh, slap the bass. Ziggies, ziggies, yeah. Don't smoke. Smoking is bad, but you already know that. Oh, Siggies, Siggies, what am I gonna sacrifice, sacrifice? You're not sacrificing anything. Oh, but maybe does it give you relaxation? No, no, no. Maybe does it give you concentration? That little monster, sticking it in, sticking it in. Now, Siggies, he's got a Siggy poking it through your back. Stick it in your mouth and suffocate yourself with that smoke and the toxins and that poison. Siggies are bad. Siggies are bad. Siggies are bad. Now Siggies are bad. Now walking out. My, my friend's dad. I don't care. I want that Siggies. Whopping my mind. Whopping my mind. I'm a slave to the crime. Slave, slave. Humans used to be slaves. But now the only slaves are the humans and the monsters are the cigarettes. Not that rich old white man. Now self-imposed slavery for the rest of your life. When you gonna decide to be free. Be free. Free of the crime. Don't cut down gradually. Don't just have one cigarette. Don't use a willpower, man. 
Instead, just do the easy way. Now, Alucard, Alucard, he has found a way to make you stop really easily, with easily. It's easy when you do it Alucard's way. Just make the decision that you're not gonna smoke ever again. Step two is rejoice and enjoy that moment and don't smoke any cigarettes ever. Celebrate! Mm. Gotta celebrate. <laughs>